You're listening to Radio Primavera Sound, proudly presented by Cupra. Today on Line Noise, we welcome Danish DJ and now producer Courtesy, whose debut EP Night Journeys, a work of gloriously ambient trance, is out now. We talked about the musicality of trance, deconstructing dance classics, life without kick drums, and living in Greenland. I'm interested, you've been DJing for years and, and years and very well established as a DJ. Um, but have you been making music for years and only just uh, decided to record it? Or is it a more recent thing, a decision to start making music? Well, actually, I have spent years on learning how to use Ableton and, and working in the computer making music. But it was never something that I felt was particularly fun or satisfying creatively. And I think I was probably just, for a long time, I was surrounded by programmers and people who really enjoyed to work on a computer. So I felt you, I probably wasn't really confident enough to find like the way that it would work for me as a musician or a producer or a composer. Um, so basically, it wasn't until I started piano lessons a couple of years ago to learn music theory, basically, not not because I ever aspired to become a, a performing pianist. But when I did that and when I started to play, you know, classical songs in the piano and learning kind of how music is composed, seeing that in a different way than just listening to a song, that changed my relationship to music quite a lot and I had some ideas I wanted to explore I would write music on the piano which is also how I wrote uh, all the main melody parts of the music on the EP and then I started using external synthesizers I bought a a big profit synthesizer and uh, I wrote all the pads I did all the sound design myself from scratch basically with oscillators on the synthesizer and then now I've added a couple of more synthesizers um for the live show so so actually it was kind of um I just needed to take the music out of the computer basically I obviously use the computer to record and stuff but I I needed to play it outside of the computer for it to be enjoyable for me to to do and meaningful to release as well I think it's very interesting that you learned piano for music theory, um, because in electronic music, in my experience, you get some people who uh, know a lot about classical music theory and some people who know absolutely, absolutely nothing and don't particularly want to know anything about classical music theory and they can still make great music. Um, why, why did you think you wanted to know about, about the theoretical side? Because my music is melody based and obviously it's not, I also know composers that don't do music for you that also are, you know, their main focus is melody. But what you say makes totally sense because particularly drum based, drum based music is, uh, you know, you don't like you have to have a musical ear, obviously, but you don't need to know scales to program amazing dance music tracks or like experimental stuff for but for me given that the you know my the genre I primarily work with is trance or or um 
you know, I'm more interested in stuff that 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 references trance or classical music or or even pop music without in any way aspiring to make pop music. Um, so uh, for this, like to compose melodies, I think it's you for me personally, I wanted to know what I was doing so that I could repeat it. Because I think if you're using a sequencer to write your melodies in a slightly randomized way, um, which is what a lot of electronic music producers do, and you kind of like let it run and then you edit out the parts that sound nice. For me, that wasn't like really satisfying enough in terms of like feeling confident that if I wrote one good song that I would be able to repeat it. You know, because uh, for me, that that comes in like knowing chords, like knowing, um, like kind of being able to figure out why, like you have an emotional connection with certain scales and uh, a certain way of also like understanding how simple the music actually is. Because one of like, for instance, I am will also be doing some covers of trans classics in my live set and you know in the process of um rewriting these songs adjusted to this like ambient trance project i you know i learned about like that some of the songs are actually just free chords that are played in different ways and these are some of my favorite like favorite songs in the whole world like beautiful immediately like uh emotional songs and there's three chords in them and I would never have known that if I hadn't you know spent a little bit of time on studying music theory. Do you find these uh songs when you deconstruct them in this way were you worried that they're they might lose some of the magic somehow in in unmaking them or do you does it actually make you love them more? It definitely doesn't, but it, it's funny you say that because there's one song where it, I, my relationship with the song has not changed. It's been lovely to work with it. It was this free chord song, and I'm not going to say which one it is because I don't want to spoil it, but maybe people will guess which song it will be. Um, but then there's some other songs that I thought I wanted to do covers of, and then when I started working with them, I actually realized that I wasn't going to be able to listen to these songs and repeat for that many times without getting tired of them. So it's actually also a good test of kind of, it's kind of the same when you're DJing songs. And if you, you know, if you get tired of listening to the song after a few times or a day or it takes, you need to sit and sit with it for quite a long time to be able to present it in a live show. And I think it it is a good way of, realizing what I would enjoy actually playing many times in my live show. Live show. <laughs> Sorry. You the EP um has been called Ambient Ambient Trance, which from the 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 songs I've heard seems uh a kind of fair um a fair description. Um do you I mean do you think that's a fair name to give it? Well actually I made it up I think the name. So uh so yeah, yeah, I would definitely think it's a fair name to give. Uh, it has been, you know, the project has been about taking like very heavily inspired by like, the melody aspects of the music that I DJ. 
but um, I'm obviously very aware that the music is not as um, immediate as dance music, given that it doesn't have any drums on it. Uh, I also, another thing that I kind of played with a lot in the ambient trance was that I was, I played a lot with like letting things kind of phase in and out of each other. So, so it's really hard for anyone that's kind of, um, for anyone that's kind of, I guess, studied music, it can be very hard to find the, um, find like the pattern of the music because because there's no drums I I kind of let it flow a lot because that's kind of one of the really interesting things about writing ambient music is that you're not bound by like a 4-4 beat uh, the way you are with uh, dance music for instance um so so I think people that really love trans it might not relate to them because it's not, you know, as accessible, I would say, as like uh, the cl- classic trends I DJ. But I do think, um, I think most people will be able to hear like the connection with a courtesy set as a DJ as well. See, I, I find this very interesting. Was there a moment when you decided you were going to make something without without kick drums? Was Or had you made something and then you, you took the kick drums out and really liked really likes it no i actually made the decision a long time ago i had the idea for the project when when it wasn't there was a right now it's not really hard to find uh, contemporary dance music with melodies on them you know a lot of techno has melodies a lot of it's a lot of like trans references in pop culture and dance music culture now just a couple of years ago, there wasn't. And I started, the idea kind of started with me trying to make ambient pieces that I could play over songs, like more darker techno songs in clubs, because I thought there was this lack of melody in the club. So so I was just really interested in this. I don't, I, I'm not going to say that I won't be releasing music with, drums ever because I do love dance music but for me I was really interested in just really focusing on few elements like really making you know a lot of these songs have like you know very few tracks on them there so it's really important that each element sounds really good so I really I think for me this was a really interesting way to start you know, working as a composer. Obviously, um, you are uh, you're playing your first live set soon. You haven't started, right? It's at the end of this month, I think. The first live set. Is that right? No, it's um, yeah, it's um, the first one is in May. Okay. At oh. Berkheim in the beginning of May, and then I have. Um, I'm playing Copenhagen, Amsterdam, London at Village Underground, and then Primavera after that, a month later. What, what can we expect from the live show? Well, I have been, you know, it's obviously ambient. I will be traveling with 
the guitarist who also featured on one of the songs on the EP, Luca. And so there'll be, I've actually realized like I'm writing the music, the rest of the music for the live show that I actually ended up making more stuff that has also like a pulse and energies. So it's gonna, you know, it's both like very ambient, like very maybe calm uh, parts of the concerts, but at the same time, there will also be a pulse even if there is no drums. Um, and then also I haven't announced it yet, but um, it is concerts, you know, they, I think the one at Primavera starts at 10. That's probably the latest any of them will start, 10 mm -hmm. in the evening. Um, the other ones will be like really regular weekday concert times. So I have booked uh, warm-up sets and that will actually be from trans DJs. So I've booked a trans DJ based in each city or like a trans Balearic DJ. So, so when you come in, you will still have like the experience of listening to club music being played in these spaces, which is also like a, an experience I'm really interested in. Uh, and, and I also wanted to kind of point at where this music comes from. I think that's, that's interesting. You're starting off with, uh, upbeat, uh, club music, and then you'll be taking, taking the beats away. I mean, traditionally, um, things would often go the other way as yes, in building up towards the night. So why, why did you decide to do it that way? I think the contrast is really interesting to me. And I also, um, I'm very confident in that the concert will be attention grabbing enough. And I think, um, yeah, I was like really interested in showing people where the sound comes from. I think that's a really important part of the narrative of, of these shangas. And then it's also just, you know, these when you walk into let's say the village underground or Burkhine, it's these like beautiful club spaces and people sometimes forget to look at them because they come there at you know very very late at night or um intoxicated whatever um and i think being able to kind of show these places in kind of functioning like as uh i almost want to exhibit them as a club space yeah and i think having like coming in feeling the pulse of dance music this trance music that has inspired the concept that they're about to hear i think was really important for me instead of it just being like you know you're kind of walking into an empty room I wanted that energy. I wanted people to have that energy when they start the concert or when I start the concert. And am I right in saying the, the Copenhagen artist, uh, Espien Weil, uh, yeah, sorry about the pronunciation. Um, no worries. Espen Weil, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, that, um, they have a role as, as well in the live sets. Well, we're working on a design for the stage basically. So there'll be, that was one of the things that excited me a lot about playing concerts is that you have 
a greater opportunity to work with a stage in these rooms as well. So obviously when I'm DJing, there's kind of limits to what you can do on the visual aspect unless you're kind of going into a Tomorrowland visual thing, which is obviously a completely different thing than what I'm doing. So I really, I've known Espen for many years and he's a extremely interesting and, and wonderful person. And I, um, you know, we finally got to a point where we had like a meaningful project to collaborate on. So we actually just did a performance together uh, the Sunday, the Sunday, uh, which will also be filmed, which was filmed and was basically a movie set for a music video for one of the songs on the EP. And we're going to kind of further like work with this concept and like develop a stage design so that there'll be like kind of some sculptural elements on the stage for this particular tour. Was this the the Copenhagen show you did with dancers? I, I'm not sure. Did did that did that happen? I remember reading you're going to be doing a special uh, show in Copenhagen in art space with dancers uh, around the EP's release. Yeah, so it's not like it's not dancers; it's performers. So they ah. they they work like conceptually, like as artists and performers. But yes, that's the one we just did. Cool. And what were what were the performers doing? Well, we were actually, I actually was in it as well. We did a, um, we're in this uh, very beautiful historical space called the Fleet Ustellingsbrückning, where we uh, did a performance where my EP was playing as like the soundtrack of the performance. And then we had created this movie set where we were kind of surrounded by cameras and then there was an audience as well. And we did a performance where we moved through the room. And then uh, I don't, I think it's more important to see the documentation, but um, I can say that it's was these like very wonderful people from a creative scenes in Copenhagen that uh, we kind of came together to um, play with gravity in a way that felt like really fragile and um it was yeah yeah it was very it's a very fun thing but i'm 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 gonna we're gonna publish the music video soon and then you can see what what was going on right um you said at one point that i i'm not particularly interested in dark music or things that are quote unquote uncool to get to a meaningful place artistically i had to stop caring was it hard for you to stop caring I would also say it's not that I wasn't interested in dance music. I wasn't interested in dark dance music. Right. Um, and yeah, it totally was. I think um, dance music is very clicky. You know, it's a lot of, um, there's a lot of validation like coming from other artists uh, because a lot of parties are artist curated. Um so, you know, a very important part of being a touring DJ is that you're invited on other people's lineup. You're, you are, at least for a period in your career, you, you could be quite dependent on what your peers think about you, what, um, what other people think about you in general. Um, and I think having to just say, 
not that it has any uh, negative effect on my career, but, but I really just had to kind of listen to myself and be really confident in what kind of sounds that I really loved and not think so much about what direction everyone else was going in. And that was, that was definitely, that was definitely difficult. I think everyone, everyone who's an artist of some sorts have had to do this at one point in their life. And it's a, that's always difficult, but it's kind of like a, a necessary thing to mature into your own identity. I was wondering, what do you think it was about trance that appealed to you in the first place? Was it that, that musicality? I think it's definitely the musicality. I think it's the, the fact that it's so immediate. I, uh, you know, the things that make the genre like terrible as well is, you know, it kind of, it was so easily um, kind of sucked up by mainstream culture. It was, you know, the, the reason there's so much terrible trans music out there is because there was, you know, there's such a possibility for audience in genres that are um, immediate, you know, and, and accessible. And, um, and, and there was a lot of like terrible, terrible trance music produced. But I would say that I just, when people, I think that that is true in most genres of music. And I think uh, with trance music, there was a lot, you have to dig, you have to be extremely picky. No, no question about that. But there are many like very, um, like very wonderful compositions as well. Um, so, so that was definitely it. I think, I think the fact that this was the first music I would, you know, as a 10 year old, I would go to these like discos for children. <laughs> that was, that was a thing in Denmark. And then I would dance to trance music. So, and I loved dancing back then. I would just, I would just go for hours and hours on my own and and listen to this music. So I think it's obviously also personal nostalgic. Like it makes me feel safe and home. And I think a lot of people maybe have that relationship to it as well. See, I, I'm interested because like in, in the UK where I was growing up, it was really, the trance was really, really big and like number one hits and, and you know, absolutely massive. And it was the same in Denmark. It was the same everywhere. Like even trans, you know, it, it, it was big everywhere, but it was, I think in the UK, it was less, um, you know, obviously the UK is very good at dance music in general, but yes, then like trans was huge in Germany. It was huge in Denmark. Um, so, so yeah, definitely. It's funny because the UK is definitely the place where I see a lot like that's I think because it is probably bigger in the UK than most other places and it's one of the places also Germany those are the places where people have the hardest time with it you know it's it it really cuz I also think my theory is also that it represents the end of dance music uh you know that there was through the 90s there's this massive massive influx of money into dance music and techno and like all these like dance music genres like thrived and then you know trance became so big it became part of the mainstream and then it all kind of died 
by like around the 2000, like crashed, you know, there was a bubble. And I think, um, I think people like either intentionally or like, like they blame trans for this, which historically might be correct, but I, but I can see why people are apprehensive of, of, of kind of, um, re-engaging with it because what if this happens again? Um, I wanted to ask a question about Greenland, if I may. Um, sure. Because uh, you, you were born there, um, moved to uh, Copenhagen as, as a baby and then lived in Greenland again when you were 11, um, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Um, it, it's a place I'm, I'm sort of shamefully ignorant about. I don't, I don't know um, a, a, much about it. I, I, I should know more. But I, I was wondering, do you think your music, the music you're making now, and the music you like is reflective of Greenland and, and being there in some way? To be honest, I don't, I'm not sure about that. Like my experiences with Greenland are, you know, it's a country where there's 50,000, the reason you don't know anything about Greenland is because even though it's like physically a big country, you know, there's 50,000 people living there. So the capital has about 15,000 people. So obviously also the culture, different engagement with pop culture and music culture is um, in these specific subcultures or pop cultures. So I don't, when I went there, we didn't, I, what the last time I lived there, you know, it was the, the biggest bands were like the, Hansons and the Kelly family and and this kind of stuff was like very kind of like the biggest of the big pop things and obviously I haven't been there since so I I haven't like been able to kind of check out how the development of electronic music scenes have been there. So you've yeah. never DJed there for example? No no I got an offer to play there but it was on the other side of the island uh, compared to where my family lives and I would because I still have like a lot of family there and I when I was 11 I lived with family there and I think for me to go it's a very long flight um so I would want to I would want it to be an opportunity to spend time with my family so and and when I was uh the offers that I've had have been in completely different parts of the country I mean, may, maybe. Well, this is definitely me speaking from ignorance. But I, I, when I, when I listened to Night Journeys, um, and I, it made me think of like vast open spaces um, and big skies and that kind of thing, which is obviously something Greenland has in you know has a lot of. So I thought it was an yeah. interesting connection. I think, like in terms of like the colors of the music and. Um, it's also funny because I think like I'm pretty sure there'll be some like trance music videos where there's just like pictures of northern lights you know it definitely has that vibe but I think that's also kind of a you know the 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 strong trance shangas also have this like kind of you know uh, I want to say flirt but I would say like upright appropriation of um 
like um, native cultures and uh, aesthetics and uh, signs and um, and magical things. So like I think a lot of like thinking of um, trans aesthetic and the context of like a Inuit society uh, is not that far off. Uh, so I I could uh, but but I think uh, in terms of of like a direct inspiration for me um it's it's definitely been much more about the music that i dj which is primarily like from holland and germany and the uk and and other countries where these belgium you know where these genres have thrived 